Welcome to Let's Talk About Shreks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. This episode, Jack and Earl cover Terra Firma Part 1 in Season 3, Episode 9 of Star Trek Discovery. We recorded on May 13th, 2021. Enjoy the show. So, good morning. Welcome back. Are we talking about tracks? What tracks are we talking about? Oh, let's talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Uh, this is going to be Season 3, Episode 9. It is. It's called Terraformer Part 1. Yes. I've been really excited to uh, to get back to this episode and review it and talk about it with you. And Spoiler alerts ahead for every episode ever yes. that we've ever made. But Every episode of Star Trek. We are going to be talking freely about this ever. episode. Yes. Yes, we will. So, Star Trek Discovery's episodes after this episode. We won't mention because only one of us knows about him so i don't want to yes. spoil it for my buddy earl so we're going to be starting with uh with here and back yes speaking of i am earl gray and i am here t- today with the prestigious jack dorino that's my name it's me jack <laughs> right away after the um previously recap we see the star trek version of the cigarette smoking man again i guess is where dude uh david cronenberg who's the creator of the cronenberg world from uh, rick and morty that's one bingo card, Mark. And uh, they, they cut over to a season one uniform, which apparently the season one uniforms are canon. Well, yeah, I mean, they are. And also canon is the crossover of the Riemann mining ship from the Shard universe known as the Chris Pine universe. The Kelvin timeline. Thank you very much. So the Kelvin timeline has been made canon in the prime timeline because this guy is from a Riemann mining ship crossover. The existence of it is canon, but we don't know the events that have happened in it. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't know the events that happened in that other universe, but we know that the universe was created because this guy came back. Mm. Hold on, I'm lost. The incursion of a Riemann mining ship into the Prime Universe. Mm. I'm confused. So there's a Riemann mining ship that that came into the Prime Universe. What does that wait? Were they they were trying? It seems to me like they were trying to make the Kelvin universe canon, but does that do that, or does it make some other event canon? Because this is a guy from. They didn't mention Nero, or any other of those people on that ship, or any of the other events. So it could be any other event that they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So my point is that there's no reason that this guy crossing over had anything to do with the Kelvin universe. Yes. My take on it was originally when the first time I saw it was that this was canonizing Kelvin. It doesn't have to. It doesn't at all. Clearly, I was mistaken. You, you're not necessarily mistaken, but you're not necessarily right. Oh, I just noticed something. What is that? You just noticed Holmes slice? I'm looking at Giorgio reaching through the glass. Now, at the other table, they're looking at classes of other ships. And I didn't see that in the background before. And then behind her there is pictures of classes of other ships. Yeah, so that's actually been in the mess hall for a while. Oh, is it? Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I think it is also in a short track, which is called Calypso. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, we will be reviewing in some of our bonus episodes. Yeah. Look out for those coming soon. Was it in season one and two, or is it just now in the present? No, 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 it's been there, man. It's been there. Oh, okay. It's been there, yeah. It's been there. I, I can't say it's been there since uh, Lorca, for sure, but I remember it as okay. being a fixture. I got to tell you, these Federation uniforms, like the one that Admiral Vance is wearing, uh, I'm not very fond of it. 
Uh, to be honest, the Discovery uniforms have grown on me a little bit, and I especially mm-hmm. like Wilson Cruz in his in his white medical uniform, which is kind of weird yeah. because we have the departure from I'm used to blue. You know, I, I grew up when medical uniforms were blue, and yeah. we're going back to white, which is like a '70s thing from like the original motion picture, right? Mm, sure. Okay. Well, we're also going back to the white of the Kelvin timeline. Oh, the fair. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. They're just kind of referencing that, but they're not necessarily saying Kelvin timeline exists. Yeah, no doubt. There's a suitiness, a suitiness, like it's sort of a suit. Yeah. The only problem I have with them yes. is they're always continuously white. They're never stained red or purple or green or ultraviolet. Colbert's has been stained white red a few times. Really? Yes. I think that was the thing about the replicator couldn't get Stamets' blood off damn wait oh Stamets right. blood couldn't come off uh, hold on i get this I, I, hold on i got this no i'm just kidding there's a bajoran element to the federation uniform that vance has uh-huh i don't know how i feel about it it's just like it's certainly there oh the bajoran element okay yeah like I get you see that like the shoulders thing like i what is that about is there some You're sort right. of okay i get it and but it's also got the suitiness of like a ds9 uniform right so I'm sure it's made with that like wool gabardine kind of stuff that the DS9 uniform was made of, but it's a much more like a smooth finish. There's no like quilting or anything, you know. It's it's simple in that way, but it's complicated in another way, and that another yeah. way is by adornment. And the adornment includes yeah. like the epaulets and the Bajoran shoulders and like the neck shit. <laughs> okay. Uh the comp badge moved a little bit in towards the center, but if it's a Bajoran style uniform, the comp badge is on the wrong side. Uh, yeah, so the yeah, the Bajoran, it's actually the shape of the Bajoran combat as well, if you... You're right, that. it is. Yeah, so. Right? Yeah. I don't know, maybe somebody really liked the Bajoran look, and they were like, let's see if we, what we can uh, incorporate into our new Starfleet uniforms. Yeah. But that's going to beg the question of, like, why would that be on a real-world, quote-unquote, you know, yeah. Star Trek, the sure. real-world scale? Like, why did we incorporate this clear Bajoran element, like two well, very clear Bajoran elements into our uniforms? Yeah, it's obviously just the admiral's uniform. It's an admiral or a dress uniform thing. Not really. I I, I don't think I've seen a regular uniform. Maybe I I think I have. But I believe we've seen the captains gathered. Oh, okay. In a in a circle, and the captains of different ships, especially when uh, when they were talking about Discovery becoming the fast response ship for the fleet. Sure. We saw the captains, and they were wearing the same uniform that Admiral Vance was wearing the discovery being renamed the uh, USS Ambulance the the USS EMT Mobile <laughs> we're getting into the fight scene here yeah I'm very keen on the fight scenes in uh, Star Trek Discovery I've always said that they're really easy to follow yeah like a lot of action movies that I see the action moves so fast and, and the camera is such at a close up angle that I can never understand exactly what's happening why is there a hatchet in the fa- fighting room did she put that there? Because she wanted those weapons available to practice with? Yes, yeah, so the question is, why are there weapons that are not holographic? That too. And there we have an assumption, don't we? Uh, well, sort of, yeah. But watch this sword carefully. Um, so she's talking. She's still got it in her hand. Uh-huh. There it is at her neck. Uh-huh. Still in her head. And it's in her right hand. So this is after like the first conflagration of their fight. Yep. So between the time that uh, Giorgio has the the sword at Burnham's 
neck. Yeah. And then yeah. like a couple minutes after that. They do a little panning, but you never hear it fall to the floor <laughs> or she, you never see her reach out and put it away. Now she's doing hand gestures and poking Burnham in the chest, but where did she put the same sword whilst yes. she's doing that? Yeah. That's uh, it's interesting. Is that about 1009? Yeah. Maybe it could be particulate matter or, or whatever matter. But yeah, she's stabbing at her chest and she never yeah. dropped or put away the sword. Clearly she must have put it put it down. Maybe we just didn't notice. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a continuity error. Yeah, it would be one thing if it appeared back in her hand again. Right. Well But the fact that she yeah. she's put it down, we didn't see her do it. I'm I'm good with that. So off camera, she just kinda let it go and the computer detected that she let it go and she's just dematerialized it. I mean, if it's a hologram, sure, absolutely. And if it's not a hologram, then it must have happened while we were looking at Burnham. Well, one, Michael didn't flinch, but obviously either the, the safeties are off or I don't think Giorgio would feel right fighting with a non-real weapon. I could see her replicating real weapons out of real matter and fighting with real sharp blades. I mean, but why? I mean, why would they let her do that? She, she, we already see she has a pretty good command of command codes. Well, I mean, I'm not giving the Terran Emperor real weapons and no guard on her to just <laughs> walk around the ship and do as she pleases. Like, well, I know how I mean, shit operates in her world, and she's not coming yeah, over here yeah. and rising to the top by killing everybody else. Frack all that mess. Yeah, just to switch gears just a little bit. Oh. She also just used um, the line or the name Angel Michael. So she's actually making religious references that you've been hinting at is Michael and... Michael was the angel. She was a red angel. Also, Gabriel was angel. Well, yeah, that too. I wonder, so here's a question I have. I, what is the purpose of detached nacelles? Yeah, you've asked that before. Have I asked that before? Yeah. It's cool, yeah, but like, what is the point? They're not detached in the credits. Oh, that's a good catch. The other thing I noticed, sure. The last time I saw them do a spore drive jump, the nacelles redetach. So do they have to be attached to do the spore drive jump, or else they're leaving them behind? Yeah, I imagine so. Wouldn't that be amusing? Yeah. You leave your warp your warp engine somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so they only need to be detached to go to warp, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's very fitting that in her universe they would they were the prime and we were the mirror but like yeah yeah what was the point of that line like oh, that's obvious that's an obvious thing like so and <laughs> of course you were the prime no one thinks of themselves as the mirror universe come on pippy when, when she said that i thought she's totally making a comment to saru and it was going to be a snide remark about him being like say the prime rib or the prime cut or the prime choice. Oh, that would have been amusing. I think I would have liked that better. Yeah. Let's write the Star Trek <laughs> uh, production crew and see if we can just edit that one scene and go back and fix yeah. that so it can be a joke like you. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah, let's do it. Earl Grey fixed another thing. <laughs> we, well, we have mirrored here. I really love the huge tableau of snow and ice that seems to be, and I had the suspicion while I was watching this the first time, I had the suspicion that this is going to be, this, this is meant to be like a parallel of the very first scene in which we see Giorgio and Michael and they're walking across oh, the desert. 
Right, yeah. And I was like, oh, I, was, I, yeah, I, was kind of I don't want this that. to be what I think it is, which because because that would mean something, right? Because that would be the like yeah. the, the bookends, right, of something. So I was like, I don't want yeah. this to mean what I think it means, but it looks like, it looks like we're doing, looks like we're doing that kind of thing, you know, right? we're going to do mm-hmm. a, a mirror, or maybe that was that was meant specifically as a foreshadowing. It's pretty, it's pretty pretty. Yeah. It's very pretty. I like how uh, Tilly just kind of hugs Giorgio, and she she doesn't like it at first, but she kind of embraces her just a little bit as like aw Saru with a hand sway going on yeah. there. I've always loved Saru's, Saru's hand waggles. It's it's it's, it's so histo- hypnotic. It, it really is. It there's a thing about the movement of his hips and the shape of the of the of the passageways. The other thing I want to point out is Stamets is like, go find Saru. Uh hello, it's called a comms. Yeah, there is a computer. You can be like, "Hey, computer, where's the captain?" Because I think that I think the computer maybe knows where the captain is all the time. Not only that, but why even bother finding out where he's at? Just call him and yeah. say, "Hey, Captain Saru, report to the engineer." Furthermore, why ask someone else to do it? <laughs> it's not like it takes any effort for you. It, takes, <laughs> it doesn't take any more effort for you to ask Adira than to ask the computer. But I mean, at least him and Book get the conversation they need in, and they get their inspirational moment and some exposition going on. I thought that Michael earlier was implying that Booker, Book, is it Book or Booker? His name is Cleveland Booker. We call him Book for short. Oh, okay. That she was implying that he should apply to Starfleet or ask to be a, I don't know, an acting ensign or member of the crew. I feel like they've had conversations about it, and I feel like those conversations have been off screen. Mm, okay. Because he's made like kind of like remarks which sound like comebacks to her suggesting it or whatever. Because he said the thing about, you know, Ubert's been trying to get me in this uniform. Yeah, so I can get you back out of it again. <laughs> I also appreciate learning a bit, a little bit about uh, Michael Burnham and uh, uh, Giorgio in the uh, mirror universe. Yeah, the oh. mirror versions of them. Yeah. Um, I like how she wove into there. The, here's how our relationship came together at the in the in the mirror of the initial desert scene and that episode where we like learned how she came how prime mirror came to prime Giorgio, right yeah it feels like they're putting a story to bed and it's upsetting mm-hmm. but it's also exciting because of the fact that i know you know off screen there's a, supposed to be a section 31 show starring michelle yo so like it's like yeah let's go do this show <laughs> you know i paused and rewound and paused and rewound and watched carl appear on the screen um, yeah, and they literally like turned around. He wasn't there in the spot, and then we like look at their feet, and then suddenly yep. he's there. Yep. There's a great deal about this newspaper that he's holding. Well, the first thing I want to say about the newspaper is only on TV is the newspaper article being read, quote unquote, facing the camera so that the audience can read the headline, not not the other way around. Like, who puts the headline on the back of the newspaper and looks at the front of the newspaper? And to read the article. Uh, yeah, I, I gotcha. For sure. <laughs> Every single time you see a newspaper on TV, they're talking about the story that is facing the camera. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I have a little secret for you. Okay. Dude, when I first watched uh, this episode and yeah. I was listening to Carl talk, I yeah. was rolling on the floor because I was so tickled by every joke he made. <laughs> okay. I... <laughs> I, I can't even explain it. Like, I think I just like that kind of joke. And he just cracked me up. I was like... So she asked, who are you? And I said, Q! Trillane! 
are. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who it was. Also, oh, definitely. The Discord. What? What? Di who's the what? The Discord. Are you talking about the Dis chatting talk channel thing? No, I'm not. Discord. Before Discord was Discord. Discord was John Delancey's character on My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Oh, I see. Okay. And so. his character was very much like Q. Oh, he would that's snap interesting. Snap his fingers to do something. Oh, that's clever. Was he a was he an anthropomorphized horse as well? Um, no, he was a discordant like character with all kinds of mesh of characters put together. I see. So I just noticed this on the back of the newspaper. The headline reads, "Good soup." Uh, there, there's a lot of great things about this newspaper. <laughs> There's a there's a few articles. There's like a there's one that says supernova supernova threatens Takan Empire, right? So you remember the Takan Empire, right? Uh -huh. The Takan Empire was the one. Oh, it was like this desert rocky planet. Uh, it was it was back in the next generation, right? And uh, I believe it may have been like second season, because that was oh that was the one where we had the we we met the Ferengi. We met the Ferengi around the Takan mm. planet, and it was sapping like the energy oh, from both ships. Oh, that's right. With the uh... and it had an avatar. Right, that was like yeah. had this like whole like well, what is that thing? The stick with the sword on, the stick with the blade on the end of it. No, it's really like it moved. They had it moved like super fast. Uh, there's another one that says uh, Starship USS Starship USS Janolan reported to be missing. You know what that is, right? No. So that I'm is that is uh, Mr. Scott's runabout that crashed onto the Dyson Sphere. But that hasn't happened yet. Oh wait, it did. Yeah, but it that a long time ago. I know, a long time. Ago, it right? happened a long time ago, but it was a lot. <laughs> more than 100 years ago as yeah talking about way now. more yeah there's also so the date on the newspaper is uh triple mc l triple x v triple i which is 3188 so i'm guessing that that is the year that in which we are today how can you see that oh you gotta pause and <laughs> screenshot and zoom in and all that kind of junk <laughs> so this is yeah hyper geek here so the I believe the year though that they mentioned earlier, maybe either this episode or the previous was thirty one eighty nine. So it's interesting that his newspaper is from thirty one eighty eight. No, no, it is it is thirty one eighty eight. Although you're right, Michael arrived a year before, so it should be thirty one eighty nine. That is correct. Continuity error again. No, I I think that that's on purpose. I think it's intentional. I like how Zora was able to piece out. Okay, so you, I got your little thing on Dennis Five, and that I guess is where dude was. Uh, was all not was all surprised. Well, show us then. Show us what. Where the five percent chance was, which was the Dennis Five reference. Dennis Five five percent chance. Uh, okay, so he pulled that out of thin air. What the Dennis Five? five? Yeah, because there should be no way. And then I guess is where dude's like, uh, there's nothing. <laughs> it's like, well, if you, you, and the computer's like, oh, there's a 5% chance. Oh, well, then show us what it is. And then she's like, oh, it's this, it's this thing. So uh, mm -hmm. the thing about the, the Star Dispatch, which is the newspaper that Carl is holding, is mm -hmm. that this was from Edith Keeler Must Die, the Edith Keeler Must Die episode, uh, City on the Edge of Forever from, you know, the oh, Harlan okay. Ellison episode from yeah, the yeah. original series. So on the front page of um, the Star Dispatch is where Spock found the article saying that um she met with the president and yeah yeah the star dispatch was the was the article was the newspaper both in that episode and this okay 
they're asking about what the door is and what the doorway is and i'm thinking tardis i know right it's definitely smaller <laughs> it's bigger that, it, yeah. the doorway is the doorway is smaller if, which makes the discovery bigger on the inside I mean, if they had the temerity to introduce doctor who into star trek i would be all for it like you rick you son of a bitch i'm in on that one <laughs> rick berman oh the communicators are red they have the same flippy do it, it's a, it's a it's a razor it's a red razor for for jitterbug i'm sorry what are we talking about the the mirror universe yes. communicators are red my grandma's jitterbug phone is a red razor And then she comes out walking off this shuttlecraft into the mirror universe. Mm. I was ready for it as soon as it happened. Mm. And then they they all like pop to a terra firma. Yes, I love this mirror universe. I don't know why I love this mirror universe. This visit, let me tell you, to the mirror universe was so much fun that I can't even like I couldn't even contain myself. Like, uh, we'll we'll get to some some really exciting parts in a second, but like. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about the mirror universe so far? This this time around. This time around, it's a little bit better. I I want to know, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know, but as you know by now, I'm a fan of Enterprise, and to those people who have seen the Enterprise episode of the Mirror Universe, we know how that show opens. I want to know if Discovery opens next episode <laughs> opening changes to match a mirror episode, mirror universe, because the whole episode. My friend, you should be producing Star Trek. <laughs> that is a wonderful idea. Yeah, I'm guessing that since the whole episode for part two takes place in the mirror universe, huh. they should open in a mirror universe credit scene. Man, I told you, like the, the writers of Discovery grew on me. <laughs> you just wait, Holmes. Watch, watch what I tell you. So that's a that's a great idea. Like they they have the ship going upside down. Does the discovery this discovery even have a spore drive? And if so, are they still torturing a tardigrade? Because they wouldn't care. Are they? Yeah. So both of the, all of those things, I'm not sure of. I think that the spore stuff is actually on the Charon in this universe. Oh, okay. There's a uh, there's a thing. Okay. That is a deep dark secret that, I, that I'm just going to tell you guys. Don't don't tell anybody else, okay? So when I was growing up on the Enterprise D, right? Sometimes I would get off of that ship and watch our recent mission logs, right? And I'd be like on a on a starbase or something, or on my own shuttlecraft or something. And uh, when when what you guys think of as a theme song, they actually just like did live for me. Um, like their project projectors of names and stuff and uh and when they did those ship flybys i used to duck every time the ship flew by at the beginning of star trek the next generation mm-hmm. and uh and i was very concerned when we first started watching star trek discovery and i was like oh we're on a cartography map oh this is gonna be okay this is gonna be enterprisey and we're not gonna oh and then and then at the end the ship flew by and i ducked and i was like yes star trek welcome back oh right <laughs> really like ducking for that ship so you get out of the way you know it's a big ship moving real fast you only be in its way i still duck every time you duck i duck from the ship every time every time every time the thing song comes on at the very end it like creeps around back and it goes whoosh right over my head and i go whoa i gotta duck out of the way every time don't tell anybody but i do why 
I don't know, man. It's just a thing I do. I, I always did it with Star Trek Next Generation. Like, I would, I would go, <laughs> come on one side, give <laughs> me on the other side, <laughs> give me on the other side. And, like, I stuck. Every, cool. every time that every right, time that ship cool. came by, <laughs> I, I get it now. I get it. That's <laughs> Every time. So, like, I was very glad for uh, Star Trek Discovery to uh, to recreate that, that bit of joy for me with every episode. Don't sound like that. It's crazy. You know? Okay. No matter what happens, like, Giorgio is not coming back to the ship right that's why she has the big goodbye right not to reference season one episode season tng season one episodes oh oh the big goodbye tng episode okay. oh and there we are there we have it but uh you know that this goodbye like they're not going to put this goodbye in the script unless this is actually a goodbye right i don't know they've done fa false goodbyes before I think this one was kind of long, wasn't it? Don't you think for... They've done real, false, long goodbyes before. Oh, can you give me an example of one? I'm very curious. Not off the top of my head. They did a... Because even like in uh, Picard, they did a brief... Spoiler alert, by the way, for all of Star Trek Picard. They did a, they did a thing where they were like, oh, everybody was sad and they were crying. And then they were like, here he is. I was upset too. I was like, okay. uh, but of course you knew, like, they had introduced, never mind. Uh, they had introduced no, Gollum I, already, and they were, I, I kind of knew they were going to download him in there. I was like, they aren't going to actually, holy. Anyway, that's a whole conversation yeah. for another show. So let's yep. get back to Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, so what do you think absorbed you the most about the Mirror Universe this time? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was excited to be there. Like, okay this is not what i want star trek to be like all the time or anything yeah the, these are these are of all the mirror episodes they're not exactly my f most favorite episodes ah, okay 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 so these these are my favorite mirror episodes. oh i gotta say the one where we, where we met firewolf and did the whole bombus planet thing like that was pretty good but firewolf yeah yeah you know uh the the volk on the other side who was leading a coalition of uh andorians tellarites and klingons oh right the season one mirror universe was such a left turn that it okay. may as well have been its own season. They could have finished out the season, had a whole other season's of material, and it wrapped up so quickly that it's like, no, you guys rushed this. You guys could have taken your time, done this, had another 13 episodes. And, you know, it's like it was kind of jarring the first time they did the Mirror Universe. And, and they just threw it at us, and it wrapped up so quickly. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, it was it was like an introduction thing, like just so you know that it's there, you know what it's yeah. about, and we get rid of Lorca, and we have a way to bring back Giorgio. That yeah yeah, and a way to bring back Giorgio, which I I had no who expected that. I didn't expect them to bring her back with mm -hmm. them, like. <laughs> but then, like I think maybe in the back of my head, it's kind of like, oh, we are gonna bring her back because if we see her, we, she's got to come back, but she's not the same person, so it's gonna be difficult. I think that the amount of time that we spent in the mirror, mirror universe in the first season was okay. There was a lot of paralleling in the first season and a lot of like mirrors, you know, like Vulcan and the other guy, and Ash Tyler and Lorca and the real Starfleet people. Well, they, yeah, that's the other thing is they wrapped up Vulc really quickly. They, uh, they, what, they wrapped up Vulc really quickly? Yeah. They kind of did and I do expect to see him appear in the Section 31 series with Michelle Yeoh. I'll be very disappointed if he doesn't show up there because I need okay. to know more about Volk and what happens with his life and what goes on with him because like, he's a pretty dope character. I don't need him to be all kissing on Mikey Burnham or anything, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm interested about, about Volk and about the guy. 
the Ashley, mm-hmm. the Ashley guy, because when he was in the first, in the first season playing like cards and stuff, it was like he was he went full Klingon and he was like, like I didn't know he could do that because he had, to my understanding, Lorel made uh, quote unquote cured him by turning off Volk's uh, soul, retaining the memory, retaining the like data memory, right, mm-hmm. and but keeping all of Tyler. So oh. I didn't know that he could like Tyler could feel Klingon and it seemed like he felt Klingon and he was like really getting it like Klingon so fuck my two face hair you know like all that kind of junk so I do okay. need to know more I need to know more Vogue I need to know I would like to follow that story a little bit more mm-hmm. and see what 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 purpose he plays what role he plays what he's going to do in section 31 and how uh, also, the other uh, uh, Emperor JoJo is going to do in Section Thirty One. Like, what is? Yeah, it's really. It's all very. It's oh. all very interesting and very interesting. Wait a minute. You it, said, yeah. you said Emperor JoJo in the Section Thirty One. How can she be in the Section Thirty One show if you just told me that she's staying in the Mirror Universe? I didn't say that. You did. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. Oh. Yep. Oh, okay. Well. I I didn't say that. You did. Okay. Well, anyway, I'll I'll let you determine. Write in and tell us the timestamp. I'll let you determine whether I was lying or not. (laughs) That that may have been the truth, and that could have been a lie. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers, sweetie. Yeah. Does the the regular Discovery have black floors? Because these floors are incredible. Like they're so polished and so neat. Well, they they better be for the Emperor arriving. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I it is it is an interesting and strange parallel that we had First Officer Tilly, who was mm-hmm. right next to being a captain, and we have mm-hmm. Captain Tilly over here. Well, I I still think it's kind of a. Uh... A nickname. I bet you her name really is Tilly, but they she Emperor just calls her Kelly. Oh yes, 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 yes. She's absolutely Sylvia Tilly, and they call her Captain Kelly. But what I'm saying is that she's she's she was a cadet like a second ago, and like so we met this one as a captain, and then now our cadet is suddenly a first officer as well, which puts her like right in arms reach of reach yeah. being a captain. So yeah. like, is that just like a general destiny for the character? But she wasn't a cadet when she was given the uh, first officer position. She was correct. Uh, she was an ensign. An ensign. Yeah, there is a thing going on that I noticed with this episode, and there is a makeup thing with this episode yeah. that is dope. <laughs> like I don't usually notice makeup, but like the way they are doing Tilly and the way they're doing uh, the way that they've done Oisukun's hair is. Like everything's so severe and perfect and like like yeah. black shiny, gold shiny, like it's all black yep. and gold shininess and, and red and like I could just sit and watch stuff happen in the mirror universe all day and not have any context of what's going on just because of like the visual stuff is so it's just so neat. I will note yeah. that I've just noticed that the the you know the stripes that Discovery has on their shoulders? Mm-hmm. Like the like gold or copper or whatever. Emperor Jojo yeah. has stripes on her, her on her shoulders as well, just like a Discovery yeah. uniform. Isn't that funny? That's interesting. Yeah. Well, the other thing I noticed about the makeup going on is especially uh, Michael. This universe is Michael. Oh my god! Her yes. her matrix ma- makeup is very Egyptian. 
the elongated, wide corners of the eyes. And well, in Giorgio's painted on eyebrows, why did Giorgio step into the outfit? Did she body swap with the other Giorgio <laughs> from that timeline? There is no other. She she is she is the other Giorgio. I think she just she just took her place. Yeah, she took her own place. Oh, okay. So what's what's actually happened here is that she has traveled back in time in her actual universe uh-huh. i don't think it's like a simulation or anything i think she's actually traveled back in time there is a brown haired woman in this episode that i did not understand for the longest time who this is we first see her uh, uh alton reginald bryce is throwing a knife to hit an apple off of her head or something like an apple yeah and that my friends is nilson so nilson is blonde in the in the prime universe and she is dark haired in the mirror universe also right. they actually played arium in the second season oh, okay. who 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 died in project deadless right uh-huh. and she has returned for this episode i thought the woman that had the apple on her head was uh lieutenant detmer and and she just didn't in this universe she didn't have the d- damage to her face that oh. needed the cybernetic implant is that who that is hold on that's crazy i, I bet you it could be i thought it was Michael Burnham walking out of the shadows looking like the damn Joker. Like, <laughs> like she's <laughs> like severe as hell. Like, just what? Like, she, this is like a, a wonderful comic book, this whole thing. <laughs> well, it's what it's supposed to be. It's a comic book universe. <laughs> it is incredible. Like, it's so, they're so on, on point with their, with their comic book ariness because, like, this could not have been done I mean, better. These, this is definitely the, uh, the league of even the damn drds are evil <laughs> oh yeah they got red eyes <laughs> only the, yeah they're evil and they're black and they they have okay, that's the only they, thing i would have made a note on if i thought to make a note on is even the drds are evil did you notice that when they fly by the camera the camera shakes a little bit no yeah it totally does go go back and watch it sometime and as the little drd flies by the camera shakes because it flew by them the dot threes i guess or dot elevens yeah. or whatever the frack they uh-huh. are R2-D2s of Star Trek? The BB-8s. The flying BB-8s. No, they're not BB-8s. BB-8s was, was terrible. What was the thing? Uh, it's the it's Wally. Or Eve. It's Eve. Eve, it's Eve from the movie Wally. Yeah. All right, so uh, the glances around the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> As everybody's, like, secretly and silently, but not very, like, uh, not, they're not very good at being secret. Because, like, all she has to do is look around and see who's looking at who. And she's like, okay, so they're looking at you. You're looking at you. You're looking at you. Okay, so y'all are, y'all are all in on it, right? There's someone that I wasn't sure about in the uh, emblem of the Terran Empire. Is the Earth silhouette upside down or sideways oh. or, or something? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I recall correctly, yeah, I think that it's a mirror universe and the Earth is upside down. Uh-huh. Or skewed or something. Yeah, so the actually, so it looks like the mirror universe is actually uh, not upside down. This looks like maybe it's a uh, cockeye. It's uh, yeah, no, it's not. Oh, it's backwards. Oh, it's different. So all the con. Okay, this is what it looks like. So all the continents are flipped backwards. left to right. So like, okay. but they're backwards. Like if you take a flat image of the Earth's map and like yeah, turn yeah. it and f- and turn it the other way, literally, and mirror. look through the back, yeah. Yeah, they look, look through the back of the paper. Um, but it's also cockeyed. But the thing I want to point out is it's not North American centric. 
It's yeah, it's not. It's Australia centric centric somehow. Is that that's not Australia? In the lower right, yeah, that's Australia. I mean, and there could be like a continental drift where the continents are not in the same place because it also does appear that backwards Africa is below Italy. Oh wait, you know what? Chicken butt. I uh, sure moo. There could be two different images of the Earth on each one on either side. That's South America, and it's not connected to North America. That's not Australia. That it could be no. That could be um, Africa, that flipped in reverse. On the right, on the bottom. On the left, on the bottom. Oh, I was looking at the right on the bottom. That's that's Australia. That's that's South America, not connected. To well, where's the, the rest of it? That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So they've just they changed the the entire map of the world. That's cool. I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, all the right continents are there, just in the wrong places for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe part of what made this universe evil is they did something to affect their own planet to move <laughs> and change the position of the continents. Right, they flipped the poles and junk. Well, maybe they they affected the uh, continental drift somehow. They tapped into the core, and it, it affected the continental drift, and they moved all the continents after the setup of the continents that we're, we are used to looking at. Well, they have to have changed a lot. Like, something fundamental to the universe has to have changed because the Klingons are out here working with the Andorians and Tellarites. Yeah, yeah. And all of them are, like notoriously angry and belligerent species because i mean yeah there is hints that maybe adolf hitler won world war ii uh -huh. but that's that was just so easy to touch on in star trek that it was just right then and there but you're right where was the change especially on earth you're being very earth-centric in your in your estimation of this because again i repeat the tellarites very yeah. belligerent the andorians yeah. were kind of angry the klingons uh, kind of gruff and rah, rah, rah. and the three well, of them have formed together way. to work together against the Terran Empire. So like, yeah. maybe they're not that way in the mirror universe because we are not the way we are in the mirror universe. So maybe the Klingons yeah. are very peaceful, and maybe yeah. <laughs> the Andorians are very peaceful, and maybe the Tellarites are very peaceful, and they are working together. Less warlike than the humans are. Then. Oh sure, sure. Or, or if I'm not, uh, was it a Vulcan and an Andorian in a, in the ship that we saw when we first went over? I feel like it was a Vulcan and an Andorian in a in a in what appeared to be a Vulcan sh or a Klingon ship. Is that what it was? Maybe. Oh yeah, because the Vulcans are definitely working with them. Because I forgot about they have uh, what is his name? His name uh, he's the uh, what do they call him? What do they call Sarek in the Mirror Universe? <laughs> they had a I they had a great remember. name for him. But she obviously is the ruler over Vulcan too, and Andoria, and Quonos. Yes, she is. So I mean, current currently the Terran Empire has annexed both Quonos, Vulcan, and uh, the Andorian homeworld. And I said both, but I meant each, all. Yeah, there's a there's a whole play uh, that happens that where we. <laughs> The sun headdress is ridiculous. There's a whole play that happens. Oh, I thought it was awesome. That, uh, that, uh, no, like, by ridiculous, I actually mean awesome. Um, by having, <laughs> by having, uh, uh, there's a whole play that describes the whole thing about what happens with, uh, what, what she's the king, the, the emperor yeah. over. She is, uh, her most imperial majesty, mother of the fatherland, overlord of Vulcan, Dominus of Kronos, Regina Andor, Philippo Jojo, Augustus Imperius Centaurus. 
I'm like, really, girl? <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot, homie. We got we got that original that that title originally in uh, Vaulting Ambition from uh, from season one, which I think may have been my favorite episode of season one, if not for just the title alone. Okay. The, and the fact that she used the title in the episode, you gotta love that. Your vaulting ambition. I'm like what? Oh, vaulting ambition. <laughs> you gotta like it when they do that. Oh, you know, I think there's a lighting thing also to go along with the makeup because everybody seems to be lit from yeah. below their faces. That's interesting. I haven't well, noticed that. Well, before. to make them look darker because they're yes. in this dark mirror universe. She smoldered like Bur Michael Burnham's and Martin Green's Michael Burnham smolders in every scene. Like she's a an ember she is an ember in every <laughs> frowning scene in this like uh ridiculous the fi the fighting the fighting scene with uh who is it yeah. uh who's the uh kwok chun kwok chun and uh Ozukun. yeah uh by which i mean uh reese mr reese kind of trouble you to fire at something and uh and it was <laughs> uh she kind of she kind of kicks his ass i want to say like she beats yeah. him dog and then he's like this isn't over and it's like dude it was over you should be glad and you're still alive it is the fuck over do you see any blood on her face <laughs> except for the one little scratch you gave him man okay so this play yeah this play i love the play i love the fact that that they had anthony rap be the announcer because that is exactly who should have done it uh-huh and this whole cirque du soleil performance is so overblown yep and it's like and as you're listening to him, it's like, there's no way that all of this stuff is true. But I do love the production. No, okay, so I just saw Detmer, and Detmer is red-haired in this universe. So that was not her with the brown hair. I mean, you got to give him props for memorizing all this. He, he knows his he knows his junk, Anthony Rapp, this guy over here. So apparently he's not the engineer then. So is uh, the doctor still a doctor in this universe? Yes, he's a doctor. Uh, he also might have be. Doctors in this universe? I think he's, he might be. Well, yeah, of course they have doctors because the emperor has doctors, and she would have her doctors buried with her, correct? Oh right, yeah, she said that. He may also be the head uh, of the torture, making sure the torture junk works right. Oh right, because um, they they indicated that with um, other doctors of other series. So are these cargo containers that are just along the wall for no reason. No, we're in the uh, we're in the shuttle bay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, of course, because we're showing out of the back of the ship. Yeah, and the this, door is, is, open yep. the this is why we have the curtains, because there is no f***ing shuttle bay door on the back of the Discovery. <laughs> so we have to put <laughs> curtains up to hide the Charon until we're until it's big reveal. Because, like, even yeah. in the Mirror Universe, they've decided not to put shuttle bay doors on the Starship Discovery. Yeah. And yep. it's not like they think anybody could ever possibly, like, you know, getting a little x-wing fighter and like come up behind them and shoot that one little spot and blow up their entire ship or anything i never figured out that these people were all working together oh you didn't yeah well i thought he was working alone because he just wanted to be promoted you know it's the only way to get promoted in this universe you kill, kill the next person up yeah. well if you can kill the top person up everybody gets promoted and every, then you become the hero of course if you assassinate the emperor you become the emperor yeah but not if you've already sworn your fealty to someone else and i think that they've all they've all they're all doing this to get michael burnham in place because in this universe she's also a mary sue mary sue burnham <laughs> i just called her michael because i didn't want to name her actually that'd have been dope let me tell you if they had named her mary sue burnham that'd have been hot <laughs> that'd have been, you better or, stick, stick mary burnham mary, mary sue to them or michael sue you know i don't think we ever heard her middle name 
She doesn't necessarily have to have one. There's a breadth to uh, Sonequa Martin-Green's portrayal of Mirror Michael Burnham that has so much gravitas and like so much determination. Like this is a role that Sonequa Martin-Green should be playing. It's so good. Like she's <laughs> so good at this role of Mirror. So here's a question. Burnham. I love it. Yes. What's your question? Which do you think is the wig, the long hair or the short hair? It's all wigs. Both of them are it's wigs. All wigs. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, her her hair is actually very short. It's it's very short all the way around. It's just cropped oh, okay. all the way around, and it's actually black. Currently, the last I saw, it was like dyed, sort of a blondish color. Uh, so this is all this is all wigs. Is that a spoiler to the next season? No, no, no. This is all wigs. No, no, no. Because next season we're going with the same thing we have this season. Um, oh, okay. In the in the prime universe, like, but yeah, she's uh, she's yeah, she's none of it is her hair. Uh, I was watching Star Trek Discovery with my partner the other day, and he said, and and I had watched, I was watching a season one episode. And he was like, "Damn, I forgot how terrible. I didn't realize how awful her hair was. <laughs> it was it looks like a wig. It's just like they stuck a microphone, the top of a microphone on on her, and like cut it off at an angle." <laughs> I just, I just uh, would hate to grow out my dreads like that and have to regrow them uh, for the next show when I was just wearing short hair as my mirror universe self. That would suck. Yeah, yeah. that would be pretty awful although it's kind of my impression that half the time when you see really long dreads on somebody that it is some of it is woven in or or extensions or yeah i know a couple of people who have that but i also know some people who have um, the full length of of dreads for real oh okay because i mean when you do dreads doesn't your hair have to, i mean it's kind of bunched up so it has to be like double or triple long than the dread you want the dreads to be right uh a friend i don't know oh okay I, i'm really not sure i've never done dreads but my brother has really tight curly hair and he can do a, a fro like i don't know like this uh this woman is like just seething like that she's seething at at the emperor like yeah well now she's her smile is like the joker oh my god it's well, she's oh, she's out of her mind and i love it the the love that prime mikey uh -huh. has for the emperor is exactly mirrored okay in the in the mirror like she yeah it's crazy like she, she just gets out on her knees she's out of her mind like she's completely out of her mind with like so much hate and like superiority well, I mean, against this woman like she's just like she's like i've been playing you from the, the start the one thing that i i can't figure out is wherever for earth specifically wherever the change happened whatever i mean evidently because they showed us the alternate universe first contact evidently up until the point of first contact or maybe the point of world war three Maybe World War Three was what changed the human race to be a little bit more aggressive. The problem here, I think, is that our history does not parallel the Prime Universe's history, but uh, might parallel the Mirror Universe's uh, history. So I wonder if uh -oh. we are the Mirror. Uh oh. Well, we haven't we have haven't gotten to 2063 yet, so. That is twice in one episode. What? That Giorgio has put a sword up to Michael Burnham's neck 
is it yeah not? but this time she got so <laughs> close to her neck that she cut her she, yeah. she cut her she didn't cut prime universes michael she she cut mirror michael she cut she, yeah she cut mirror michael right yeah she cut mirror michael but she didn't cut prime michael yeah, of course not because she loves prime michael because prime michael loves her and yeah. she loves mirror burn like she's trying to get mirror michael to be like prime michael because she knows that it's possible yeah but there's there's a whole thing that she would have to go through like she would have to be purified by trials and has Giorgio yeah. been purified by trials mm, mm, has she maybe. has she come to the prime universe to be purified by trials to then be able to redeem herself in some way is that uh, what we're dreaming of happening because maybe. because she's been through a lot and she's not the same as she was when we picked her up like yep. she's not she's not at all like to I the mean, point where like has... everybody in her universe is like who the f are you like you yeah. are different like why are you so self man up <sighs> i just kind of wondering what uh some of the parallels are and what some of the variations are um in, in their history it would be it would be neat i think if they detailed some mere universe history and it, it was just like identical to our history mm -hmm. <laughs> that would yeah. be a cold cold reveal <laughs> But I'm here for it. Well, except, I mean, does Star Trek exist in the mirror universe then? Uh, oh, that is a good point. I guess Star Trek would have to exist in both universes as well. And then we would have yeah. just had to bury it as a secret, just like a discovery. <laughs> and send Jack Dorino and Earl Grey into the future yep. to Viridian 3 to create a podcast where we detail the history of the Federation in <laughs> the current universe in which we are. Yeah. From the perspective of people from our original universe, which has Star Trek but not Starfleet ever in it. I don't know. Was that is that what we're doing here? That's, uh, what, that's what my plan is. Yeah, okay. My plan is to eventually escape. I, and if I got to go to the Nexus to do it, I'm going to the Nexus. <laughs> I'm going to the Nexus and I'm living in Starfleet. Can I just like go to the Nexus and just live in Starfleet? Hey, if I don't want to join Starfleet, can I just jump in the Nexus and just be in Starfleet? Anyway, like fuck you guys, I'm fucking admiral of the whole universe. It's like it's like RPG, like RPG sim players online. I'm fleet admiral, super Borg Klingon guy. I'm Borg Klingon species eight four seven two crossbreed with on Andorian, and we have eight genders. And there's like 12 of us, and we do it with binars all the time. And we know everything about computers. And as soon as we touch the computer, we can do whatever we want. And and that's my character. It's going to be your lieutenant helm officer aboard your ship, Captain. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. Wait, you've actually had an application? <sighs> I mean, like that? no, but I did have a guy apply as a, a Klingon ex Borg. And like, uh, in our first thing he like beams himself onto the bridge like that was his that was his role play he like beam like and he wanted to do like a collaborative role play where it was like i write a section he write a section i write a section he was i have him start off and he started off with like my guy beams onto your ship and i'm like uh okay so i put up a force field around him and i'm like what for you and then he walks through the force field because it was a special borg <laughs> and i'm like okay get off my ship number one <laughs> and he was like i don't understand why are you so mad it's just especially you got a special thing and i'm like yeah man like you can't override my sh like it's my ship Stop my ship. <laughs> so like, you, gotta, you gotta adjust your guy a little bit. Like you can't be like <sighs> little OP, huh? Yeah, you can't be going around around the captain's orders. Like don't 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 beam yourself. Here's a tip, ladies and gentlemen. If you join an RPG or a Starfleet ship, here's the thing. So the first thing you don't want to do is beam yourself onto the bridge. Just any time. Like it doesn't matter what time of day it is, it doesn't matter what shift it is. Don't don't 
make your first action to be to violate the bridge space. Come on now. I'm just going to beat myself onto the bridge. And the captain's like, uh, hey, what's who are you? And the whole like the security officer like jumped over the little thing, like pulled a little warp, yeah. like jump trip yeah. move. And, uh, <laughs> and and don't worry, Michael Dorn. We saw you trip just a little bit, but you recovered. So we give it we give it up to you. Good, good, Michael good Burnham jump script? What? My, no, Michael Dorn. So Michael Dorn. Oh. <laughs> Michael Dorn as, as Lieutenant Worf. Uh, at some point during the run of Star Trek and the Next Generation, I don't know exactly what it was, but he um, he jumps over the, the railing, you know, the little curved yeah. railing in the back. And yeah. His, and one of his feet, his, the foot that he didn't jump with, the foot that he didn't, uh, like, it, it like tipped, like his toes like tapped the, uh, tapped the edge as he went over. And he <laughs> very nearly ruined all of that makeup on his forehead <laughs> but he recovered he got, he got his footing like he tipped and he was like oh, shit, i'm gonna fall and he didn't and he caught himself and he kept moving i was like yes michael doran you got it because <laughs> that would have been the makeup team would have been like Ugh. like can tell him to stop jumping over that railing that's probably what it was yeah yeah well the dude should just like launch himself over the back of t t tactical and over the uh i love it i love it when he jumps over that thing he, he should jump right edge. over he should jump right over Picard's head. Yeah. <laughs> just launch himself to the just middle of it. Launch himself over Picard's <laughs> head, like like sideways over a fence or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the dope. way he gets launched over it in generations. Yeah, so there's no railing in Star Trek Discovery for us to do that. There's no really like there's no real like centralization to the bridge. Like Ronnie Rose over I'm sorry. Um, uh, Reginald Alton Bryce is over there in the back, right? The reason I remember his name as Reginald Alton Bryce is because that's how <sighs> When Captain Pike said, let's do, y'all introduce yourselves to me because I know the, the viewers of the show still don't know y'all's names and maybe we can just bring them up again to remind everybody who your names are. <laughs> and he says, yeah. don't use ranks. And then we go around and everybody's like, and, you know, saying their name. And of course, Saru is like, Saru, just Saru. And, and, <laughs> and Bryce is like, Reginald Alton Bryce. And somebody, I forget who it was, still gave a rank anyway. It oh, may have really? been, I don't remember who it was. It may have been Lieutenant Ariam. I'm not sure. Joanna um, Wasikun. Their their names are like the most compelling parts to me because I don't know much about about them. Like I want to know more about these characters, these bridge characters. I would like them to be important to me, and I would like them to have yeah. like purpose to me beyond like filling a space. Like if you need to just fill that space, then why have that space? Just be like, we don't need a con and an ops. We just combine it into one, like we did in Voyager, correct? <laughs> right. And then sure. we don't need all these extra people. And I don't want these people to be extra. Like, I don't want, oh, it's going to be extra. I don't want Detmer to be extra. I don't want uh, Mr. Reese to be extra. Like, the only reason he, the, his most, his most scenes on the show, he's getting his ass beat. Like, right? Like, his <laughs> most, his biggest scene so far on, sorry, here at season three of Star Trek Discovery. It, it's to mirror the, uh, um, yeah. The mirror of the prime, where in the prime he gets no scenes, in the mirror no, he gets a whole bunch of scenes, but as he gets his ass beat, so it's the mirror of the scene from Star Trek with Uhura and and Sulu, but it's the real Uhura. Oh my God, you just blew my mind! It totally is. That is totally the same thing. It's a black woman beating on an Asian Whoa, man. Oh, that is interesting. <laughs> that is why you just blew my mind a little bit. Not only that, but a gay Asian man apparently. Gaysian, the Gaysians. <laughs> I hear tell that George Takei says that the original Sulu was not gay, but yeah, uh, homie, I saw him running around with that sword. I saw him <laughs> keep it below the shoulders, Holmes. Like for real, the facers are armed, Captain. <laughs> like you, you sound a little bit too sexy to be standing on the bridge talking to the captain and hanging out next to Chekhov. He's a little, little young ass, impressionable Chekhov. 
he was he was so confused the rest of his life. He was like, I don't know, man. I just got like, I just need like a, a man beside me with a with a, with a with a seductive voice, you know. Changing course to four one five point eight, like for real. Oh my! But, oh my! Yeah, that guy. That guy's great. I love, I love me some George Takei. George Takei. George Takei. I think it's. I don't know. I forget which one it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, George. Have you read uh, his new book? I have not read his new book. Would you please tell us what it is? Sure. I in the audience would love to know about a book. You're talking about a joke. Is this the To the Stars by George Takei? 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 No. Damn it. I'm going to get the proper spelling, the proper pronunciation. The pa 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 pa. I need Ooh. a pop filter too, don't I? Apparently. <laughs> I'm, oh, I a soda pop filter? No, pop uh, filter from my P's and K's. They, they called us Enemy. Oh, by George yes, Takei. because he as a youth was in an internment camp because he is japanese and that's how we used to treat people well how y'all used to treat people <laughs> y'all me yeah, it wasn't us homie it wasn't me we we was always cool with the japanese it was my grandpa's generation and my grandpa's yeah. grandpa's yeah. generation so y'all over there on that side of the map y'all people's over there because it wasn't us it, it wasn't us it, it wasn't me it was them californians Th those damn liberal california no i got the joke a little while ago i may have mentioned this previously but it was only like this earlier this year i think that i got the joke about the asian man who's driving the ship oh my god star trek you're wait, so wait. racist huh what now if so there's oh, always been a trope uh I, i've always heard of this trope about you know asians can't drive which was uh oh, okay. featured most recently to my to my best knowledge uh in pop culture during the run of uh fresh off the boat which is the uh, the Eddie Huang vehicle that told about his youth as a Chinese American kid living in Florida, having just moved from D.C. and being all in a biggie, right? Okay. And uh, they 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 mentioned there a few times the thing about you know people think Asian people can't drive, mm -hmm. so it's funny that in the far more racially uh, despicable 1966 to 69 that they would have the Asian man as the helm officer driving the ship. Isn't that funny? Okay. So the, uh, this book is, some might not call it a book, but it's a book. It's a graphic novel published by Top Shelf um, Productions. If you guys are interested, it will, will not be on our Amazon affiliate link if we even have one. But the ISBN number is 978-1603-0945. It'll also be a link down in the description. Yes, there will. It's uh, it's paperback. Came out on July sixteenth, twenty nineteen. So you can get it on Kindle for like ten bucks. You can get it on paperback for twelve forty five at this yeah. at the time of this recording, uh, from Amazon.coms. Uh, yeah, original cover price oh. is nineteen ninety nine US, twenty five ninety nine Canadian. Mm -hmm. This is there is a second printing that is I think is a hardcover or it's a Ooh. special expanded edition or Gotta something. I love a hardcover. Gotta love a hard body. I mean, um, hot pockets. <laughs> sure. Um, but ha have you seen it? Have you read it? You sound like you're just now looking it up. For yeah, the yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just looking it up for the first time. But I guarantee the next time we see it, next time we talk about it, it will. I will have read it by then. Oh, really? Anyway, Let me ask you tomorrow then. Yeah. Well, we're not gonna talk about it tomorrow. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> and it's it's a bestseller in Japanese biographies. Isn't that dope? He's he's got a graphic novel biography. Yeah. That's it. So it's so this uh, this uh, the scripture the brief description is that it's a stunning graphic memoir recounting uh, George Takei's childhood imprisoned within American concentration camps during World War II. Yeah. Pretty dope. I'm very yeah. intrigued and very bothered by you know that well, whole period is, of history. Yeah, and all this of the years before it of American history, speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Listen to his podcast sometime, or not his podcast, his uh, TED Talk sometime. Uh, I certainly will. I, I, did, I have gotten into some TED Talk. For a minute, I had a, had a little streak where I was into TED Talks, and I listened uh -huh. to him all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know, so, uh, after a little bit of saturation, they begin to come off as a bit pretentious. Mm -hmm. So I got to step away for a minute and then come back with a with a refreshed yeah. mind that's not so cynical. <laughs> not so cynical. <laughs> You're simple-minded. Cynical, I said. Oh, the, cynical. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm sort of cynic, cynic-minded, uh, uh. which has been like a journey and a struggle for me during this podcast because I have had to remind myself, don't just point out all the bad things. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tend to do. I'm like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And I, because especially with like, I, I think I've learned with discovery not to look for them because if I look for them, I think I'm going to find them. I'm going to find them everywhere. Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't looking for the sword thing, but I found that. It's cool. Like, I don't mind. I, it's cool. Like it's it, when they come out, they come out. But like, yeah. I, I, uh, I turned off my sense for that. So, so I need you to keep your sense of that in because, <laughs> you know, I've never been good at finding the continuity errors. Like I, I don't notice the combat missing or the combat switching shoulders, um, it, it, in a production until somebody points it out. Like you know, I remember the the first episode. Uh, what was it? The first time I saw it, was it Unification? I think where, where we see, or was it Redemption? One of the two where we see like the production crew mm. reflected in a crystal on I think uh, Neral's desk. Oh, okay. Uh, or huh. maybe Pardek's desk. We see like the whole. <laughs> See, like a guy up on a chair and a little thing with a camera where they're pointed at like yeah you see like the whole the whole mm. team back there making huh. making the episode well there's uh one thing that i uh recently had pointed out to me i don't remember what episode it was but the dvd version they accidentally left this bag that was on the set just sitting there and they they left it there and they left it in that print of the dvd but when they went back and re-released it on blu-ray they used a different cut or a different take or something where the bag wasn't there or they moved the shot so that that bag was out of frame and i'm trying to remember the episode but it's just, I, I'll, I'll if i figure it out i'll i'll link it to you on youtube oh please and do you can, that would be yeah and drop you it in the show the, notes yeah we'll drop it into the show notes oh man Drop it in the show. So, so uh, there's a thing. I, I don't know what just happened in my head, but my head went on a weird, wild ass tangent, and I got <laughs> off on the tangent of Sarek for some reason. Okay. Um, I was looking for, I looked up pictures. <laughs> I didn't look up pictures intentionally, but you know, when you do search engines, they fracking always bring you <laughs> pictures first. And so I looked up, uh, I looked up Sarek Mirror Universe. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I don't remember why I was looking up Sarek Mirror Universe, but I looked up Sarek Mirror Universe, and there are some. Because oh, because I was trying to think. Uh, what was it? Were there three? Okay, so were there three Sarek? Have we done? Did we see Sarek in uh, that that show? You know what the show? That show. The other show. That, that show you like to watch with the with the quantum leaps and stuff. Oh no, he's not alive yet. Oh really? In oh okay. How long is that? See this. This is my problem. I don't. 
I haven't paid attention enough. It's about 150 years before Kirk. Oh, Shazbat. Okay, so or maybe a hundred. Yeah, I guess he's not. I guess he's not around yet. Yeah. All right. Well, then, and then I guess there's no Sarek in there. So we just have two two Sareks. So there's a there's a picture. Uh, it's called uh, Mirror Sarek by um, someone on DeviantArt, whose uh, username is K A R R A C A Z. I'll put a link in the show notes. This picture of <laughs> this Mirror Universe Sarek is amazing like the, it's a it's a i guess it's a hand drawing or painting it's beautiful okay. it's mark leonard it's like mark leonard like like you've never seen him before he's gorgeous <laughs> okay and it's just a great it's just great uh it's a great thing it's a great uh great image of uh of this mark leonard guy i have to watch some of the mirror episodes again because i didn't remember that sarek was in any of them um yeah mirror, mirror sarek was over yes he's the one who uh mind melded with uh with burnham Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, so Mira Sarek mind middle with Berman down on the planet where we met Firewolf Volk, and he verified, okay. well, she has in her mind oh, this world right. that's just peaceful and beautiful, and people work together and junk yeah. and junks like that. Where is yeah. exactly what the script said. And then when she gets back, uh-huh. Prime Sarek melds with her. So that means that the minds of Mira Sarek and Prime Sarek have touched because he uh-huh. actually because Prime Sarek melded with. Burnham before he before she melded with Mirror Sarek. Yeah. So Mirror Sarek has gotten into Prime Sarek's mind a little bit and Prime Sarek uh-huh. has gotten into Mirror Sarek's mind a little bit. I wonder uh-huh. if that'll bring us anything in the future that's interesting because cool. I wish it would. But you know, if yeah. y'all y'all slash writers and junk, send us yeah. links to your stories. Because yeah. I want to know your stories about Prime uh, if you just do just give me a just give me like a two like a two page montage of like what Mirror Sarek what what Mirasaric experienced when when melding with Burnham, and then like what Prime Sarek experienced when melding with Burnham after she melded with Prime after she melded with Mirasaric. Well, not only that, but I mean you've got to remember that Spock was the one who influenced the the dissolvement yeah. of the peaceful Terran Empire. Yeah, the pacification of the of the Terran Empire for sure. So that the Klingons and Kondrasians could take over. Yeah, and he is the one who precipitated the peaceful the, the the peacefulness of the Romulans enough to rejoin with Vulcan as well. Yeah, yeah. My producer is over there. He's indicating that we need to take a, a station break. All right, so here we go for a for a, uh, here we go for a break. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say uh, you guys enjoy the commercials. We will be <laughs> right to your back. Alrighty. Hello, I'm Andrew. And I'm Isaac. And we are Unplanned Trek. Sort of slightly planned. And sort of unplanned. Find us where you find your podcasts. Welcome back. I'm back. Welcome back, Mr. Gray. You are back just in time to help us finish the show. Sorry. No, that's great. We were right on time. It's uh it's just just about that time. I think that we've gone through the entirety plus more today of uh, of this this episode, this beautiful episode called Terra Firma. Yeah. Terra Firma, Part One. Uh, yeah. Terra was... Firma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna ask you when I got back that uh, if you were doing okay. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm functioning within normal parameters. It's it's almost the you know a time that I need to go to sleep. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, you know, because we, we have another episode to do very soon, which I'm going to call but, tomorrow. 
Well, it is tomorrow. It is. It is yes tomorrow. Um, so guess what? Um, Terra Firma. Okay. Sorry. Terra Firma. I just wanted that to be my sign off for today. Oh. Because uh, I am. This is a the dope ass. Um, the dope ass mirror universe visit, man. I'm really loving. I'm really what? loving the 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 extremities to which uh, Sonequa Martin Green has allowed herself to go to take this character to flesh this character out. Because this character is fucking incredible. Um. Uh, I like the the uh, the emperor and her journey to becoming Philippa Port Jojo instead of Emperor Ionius Caesar Augustus blah de blah <laughs> Regina Andor all that to becoming yeah. you know Pippa again you know uh, <laughs> these are these are like parallel and opposite sort of journeys I guess I don't know, maybe not so opposite but yeah i really enjoyed i really enjoyed coming back to this this is me universe the second time around man this place is dark and it's like dark in the ways that like it meant to be the first time and the uniforms are it's they're, they're similar enough that you don't notice that they're vastly different but the, you know these uniforms are vastly different than the the first time around um and it just the whole aesthetic of the mirror universe has really been keyed up and they really like grasped this version of the mirror universe and i love it okay. i love them for it and i think it's fucking dope i just don't remember all the metal drapery around their shoulders yeah there was a, their yeah. yeah there's a lot less of that uh previously but it looks great like it's it's perfect like it's <laughs> not awesome. not previously on discovery but previously in the our timeline of star trek yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> previously i've lost I'm um, lost. Awesome, scary. So listen, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's all we got for today. We're gonna hit uh, Terra Firma tomorrow. Terra Firma Part Dieu, as it were. Yeah. And uh, I hope you guys have an awesome all time. Until then. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Nice. Sorry, I got nothing. It's all right. Say good night, Earl. Good night, Earl. Support the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kako's Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.